Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. to wide scale performance products carrying a full line of forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets, clutch hubs, screen shafts, forged connection rods, valves, and more for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine, and automobile on the planet. For one name, one solution, visit wiseco.com. Have you seen the Racer Elite Pistons? Pretty cool. All right, uh, big thanks to Wiseco. They've been a promoter and supporter of our show for a very long time. 16 years we've been on the uh, the interweb and the sound waves. So. It's a long, long time, man. It's long. It's a long haul. All right. Uh, our next guest is racing the XC3 class, the 125 class. He's a factory pilot for Beta, and his name, he's a local boy, kind of, for us. Cody Barnes joins us. What's up, Cody? How are you? I'm um, good. How about yourself? Pretty good. This is Tony Wink, the star of the show speaking. Uh-huh. And right. uh, kind of a big deal here in the Des Moines area. I don't know if you may have heard of me. Um, oh yeah <laughs> and pj's with us how's it going it's been a while yeah yeah uh, everything's going good um just got back home from staying in florida for about two months training with scott plessinger preparing for the gncc series and then uh stayed with my teammate mike wikowski um for a little bit and trained with him so just got back home and you know kind of getting seeing everyone again and Hitting some of the local spots. I just got done riding today, and uh, where did you ride today? Been, oh, what was it? Where did you ride today? Uh, I rode at my personal track at my house. Um, I have a motocross track that uh, Ryan Poulter actually built about three years ago, so it was pretty good. Sweet. Uh, let me ask you something. You're so many guys go to tri- Florida to train because of the sand, I suppose, or whatever. But you only ride sand really one of the rounds. Why mm-hmm. why, why does everybody do that? I mean, I know uh, why well, you do it, to get out of the weather. But yeah. <laughs> but why Florida? Uh, well, I mean, there's a couple of reasons in my opinion. Um, this was my first year actually being able to go train somewhere like in Florida. And uh, sand for me has always been uh, one of the best training tools because nothing – is harder to ride in and more physically demanding, I think, than sand. Um, I mean, you can go out and pound uh, a nice woods loop, you know, for two hours and get a killer workout, and then you can go to a two-minute all-sand whooped-out corner track, and within 15 minutes, you're totally waxed. So, I mean, if you're if you're able to go the distance in that sand, I mean, pretty much, in my opinion, you know, the whole rest of the season when you go to clay and everything like that, it's going to be you're You're still going to work hard, but mm-hmm. I think that sand prepares you the best physically-wise. 
So yeah, it was where I was going to go. You you believe it's the best uh, workout as far as cardiovascular and and getting your body ready for it. Do you find that the the on bike riding skills, uh, you know, are are similar enough? Because sand certainly, as we all know, not a lot of traction there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, yeah. I think I think it definitely still transfers over. Um. I think the biggest thing that actually transfers over is in the sand you have to keep carrying your momentum, especially on uh, the 125s. And that was a big thing that I think I've really improved on with working with Scott Plessinger over the winter was um, even though we were in sand and, uh, you know, my Beta 125 is awesome. I absolutely love the thing. Um, Just riding it in the sand and trying to keep that momentum throughout the whole entire corner and everything like that, I feel like I really improved on that, and I feel like it's transferring over into the clay rounds like Georgia and obviously Steel Creek. How is that Beta 125? It's awesome. I absolutely love it. Um, it's you know I I, I switched to Beta at the kind of end of last year, and uh, I helped them. I was actually a test rider for them at the beginning, and I helped them kind of test the Beta 125 out. And uh, the bike was absolutely awesome. And then now in 2019, Beta made some changes to it. I mean, the bike's unbelievable. It's uh, it's the best 125 that I've rode um, as far as the bottom end delivery and the top end delivery. I mean, uh, they made a few small changes from 18 to 19, but what they did uh, in 19, I mean, they absolutely killed it. The motor on it is phenomenal. It handles great. I really, I really, really like it. <laughs> Cody, the, the XC3 class is is interesting class. We often have uh, competitors from your class on the show. How, how have you found the, you know, your home in the class as it's uh, become, you know, a hotly contested class? We've got, you've got up-and-comers as well as um, some some racers that are a little bit later in their career, multi time mm-hmm. champions like Jason Thomas, though. Yeah, I mean, you're straight up beating Jason yeah. Thomas week in and week out. It's, there's competitors. That's what I'm saying. It's a yeah. hotly contested <laughs> yeah. class. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, we have some new people that moved up. Um, and then, like you said, we have you know multi champions like Jason Thomas in the class. So we have a wide you know variety of competitors. You know, we have the. Uh, really fast right off the bat people who uh, necessarily don't have the most, uh, I guess, as much experience as, like, what Jason would have, um, where they go, you know, they try and sprint at the beginning, and then at the end of the three hours, they're, they're uh, you know, they're wore out, where, you know, I, I know Jason's been racing a super long time, and his knowledge of the tracks and stuff, you know, it really shows when, you know, me and him, uh, battle. And then, you know, there's, uh, we have Jesse Ainsley, Jake Froman, um, you know, as I said, Jason Thomas, I mean, there's any of, I mean, there's, I would say five people that can easily be in the mix battling for podiums week in and week out. Um, so a big thing for me is just making sure that I'm there at the end and, uh, limiting my mistakes. We've talked about this a bunch with Steve Baylor and with with uh, with Russ. A lot, everybody has talked about mm-hmm. uh, race management. You guys are racing for a long time out there, and race management is is something that um, 
you know, it, it's, uh, it's something you just can't be taught, something you have to learn, and it takes time. You got to put your time in to do that. Um, having Plessinger, though, as a coach, I would imagine is pretty good feather in your cap for, for you to be able to go and say, hey, I, you know, I would imagine he's a wealth of knowledge for you, a lot of advice there. I mean, your folks, I know they're very supportive, but they've not done racing at the level that you have. So it's, I, I think you're surrounded by good people, but what have, what has been the biggest learning curve for you, I guess, as a racer this year in the XC3? Um, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I would say my biggest learning curve. And like you said, I have tons of great people. Uh, you know, Rodney Smith, our team manager at beta. And, uh, he, he, you know, he's again, up in the ranks of with Scott, you know, I mean, Rodney's a five-time GNCC champion. Scott's a two-time champion. Um, and to have those guys, you know, be there for me and talking to me. And one of the big things that, you know, I started racing GNCC in 2017. Um, that was my first year in doing any three-hour racing. Um, and that year, basically, it was just when that green flag went up at the start it was push as long and as hard as i could where in xc3 last year as well i still had the same game plan if i if i got tired i just had to push harder and then you know i had no game plan and that was something that uh rodney smith and then scott plessinger um sam lincoln at g2 ergonomics um that's something that they all talked uh talked to me you know um I was I was trying to force the issue of maybe passing lappers in places that I could wait a little longer or forcing the pass too early in the race and that that's something that I feel like I've gotten a lot better at is limiting those chances of something happening and then being there at the end cuz like you guys said you know 3 hours is a long time to be on the bike and I mean, some races you're going to have where it's a knockout drag out battle the whole entire three hours, but then there's going to be other races where you're more comfortable than the other ones. And instead of passing on the first lap and checking, you know, trying to check out where you could make simple mistakes, bike could have problems. Um, sometimes it's better to conserve yourself as the race goes later on, you know, uh, towards the three hours. I tell you, it's it's uh, interesting your uh, the heart rate that the guys race at is, you know, we've talked about it a bunch on the show, but basically what they, you know, what they race at, a lot of guys are like right at two hundred beats per minute, which is insane, and you, there's no way they could sustain that for two three hours, and they do. What do you wear a heart rate monitor? What do you? What are you racing at? Do you know? Uh, yeah, I, I was. Um, I wore a Polar watch last year during them, and uh, I recently actually just broke the screen on it, so I haven't been able to wear it. Um, the first three, but from what I recall, um, last year during XC3, you know, some of the, some of the like at John Penton, for instance. I mean, I was right in the anywhere from 180 beats. Whew. to the That's 200, high. you know, any anywhere from in there. On a 125? Uh, yeah. Cody. <laughs> What's going on there? <laughs> it's all about speed, <laughs> right? The faster you go, the more you work. I don't know. Yeah, yeah well, that was last year, so 
hope I improve some, so maybe now it's higher. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Cody Barnes is our guest, factory beta racer in the XC3 GNCC class, which is uh, GNCC series, which is um, the uh, the most. It's America's premier off road series. It's on the East Coast primarily. He's a local boy, though. Where are you from? Illinois, is that right? Yep, yep, I'm from Sterling, Illinois. Yep, so we've seen you a bunch at the, the local races, some of the IERA, some of the um, WFO, some of Bill Gussie's deal. I went and raced Bill Gussie's race uh, at Prophetstown a couple weeks ago. Man, that was fun. Do you, do you wish – you probably don't care, but um, there was like 32 pros. They, they call it Pro-Am. They don't call it AA anymore. There was 32, and it paid money. Probably could have come over here and made some good money with that 125. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, the biggest thing I kind of miss about going to the locals and stuff is all the all the people, you know, all the people that, you know, you grew up with racing and all the families that you met and, all, you know, all the people that cheer you on even though now, you know, my primary focus is the GNCC, the National Enduros for beta. Um, so... That's one of the the things that I miss about going to the locals and, you know, seeing all the little kids that look up to you and, uh, you know, all the people that, you know, when you were little growing up, coming through the ranks, you know, uh, that you looked up to and, you know, everyone's still supporting you. So when I get chances, um, uh, you know, I, I definitely want to go to the locals and just, you know, uh, stay with my roots. You know, I mean, those are the series MXC, WFO. Um, you know, the IERA races, those are what made me, you know, grew me into the racer that I am. You know, I grew up racing those series. So to be able to come home and then have the chances to come race those series and to hear how good those series are doing, you know, 30, 30 some pros for uh, Bill's turnout at the Prophetstown race, you know, that that's crazy. I, I'm I'm pumped that, you know, we're still getting those good turnouts and um, to see, you know, more and more people are still getting involved and in going to those local races. There's only about five of them that were any good, though. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Way to drop the gauntlet. Cody, are you, uh, what's your trajectory look like? Uh, I find it fascinating, you know, with a relatively new created class in GNCC. Obviously, the, the the discipline's wildly popular. What's your trajectory? Are you, uh, you know, it's foreseeable. There's some guys that GNCC, XC3 is going to be there. They're going to be there a long time. Are you anticipating that as your career, or do you have other aspirations? Uh, I mean, with that, I, I definitely think XC3 is going to keep growing. I mean, it's like in 2017, I believe it was the first year, and each year, I mean, more and more people are stepping into it in the competition. I mean, it's, 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 it was made kind of, I feel like, you know, to have a 125 pro class, but no one really took it serious that first year. Um, you know, we, I believe Jason and Jack Edmondson went at it. And I mean, those two, yep. you know, were very dominant in the class and, you know, more and more people are stepping into it. So I think that's going to be, you know, a class that, more and more people are going to get into. Um, and then myself, I'd like to, you know, keep progressing through the ranks of it. You know, uh, hopefully, you know, this year continue to do really well at the GNCC's National Enduro. And then 
you know, maybe go to the XC2 row um, next year. But, you know, everything just depends on um that's that's my goal you know just to keep growing in the gncc series because that series isn't going to go anywhere soon um that series if anything it's going to keep growing and get bigger and bigger awesome cody we're really excited for you we're, we're pleased that uh we're interviewing you about your xc3 championship hunt good luck in what is it south carolina is your next one Yep, yep. Uh, next weekend is, uh, yeah, South Carolina um, at the Camp Coker GNCC, I believe. Awesome. Cody Barnes has been our guest. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we have uh, Sean Dylan Kelly, who is the youngest pole winner in the races. Daytona of, 200 history. Yes, in the Amazing 78 years. young so, man. All right, we're going to take a break. This is Pit Pass. Everybody, this is Jeff May, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag. <laughs> 